Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, October 7th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. It's been a while, but we finally catch up with Sean Goodman, who covers soccer for the Star, and there's plenty to talk about. Sporting Kansas City continues to roll along and maintains its position, second in the MLS West. And the big news since the last time we talked, the two-year contract extension for Johnny Russell, who's been playing great over the past few weeks. But we start with the news in the NWSL. The report by The Athletic that alleges abuse by a coach was a terrible blow for the league. Last weekend's games were canceled and the commissioner resigned. U.S. Women's National Team coach Vladko Andonovsky from Kansas City and KCNWSL coach Hugh Williams addressed the topic on Tuesday, and you'll hear from Andonovsky during the show. So let's get started talking soccer with Sean Goodwin. All right, Sean, I know you're a little sore today. Why don't you tell everybody why you're a little sore today? I'm a little sore because of a Kansas City soccer media media game masterclass. Now let me just tell you the blue team. We've got um, all the media for Casey Soccer and Children's Mercy Park. Blue team versus the I forgot what the other team was at this point. Red, yellow. It doesn't matter because they lost and we won. Um yeah now we won eight seven. Scored a goal, couple of assists, can't complain. Um but the morning after a little bit sore. Well, it's a good sore. It is a good sore. So, uh, yeah, on the pitch at Children's Mercy Park, a fun exercise. I know that I am much too out, out of the, the the game shape to to be <laughs> engaging in anything quite like that. But um, hey, look, the reason we were there was not to have a media game. That was a nice uh, sidelight, but mm-hmm. to listen to Peter Vermees, Hugh Williams, and Vladko Andonovsky, all of them talk to the media. It was a, it was a media day and listen, uh, it was scheduled a couple of weeks ago. And the idea of course, to promote the U S women's national team game coming up against South Korea. I think it's on the 21st of October and you know, Hugh Williams to talk about uh, KCNWSL and uh, Peter Vermees to discuss his, you know, his, his hot uh, sporting Kansas city team, but that did not lead the, uh, the press conferences yesterday it was really interesting because of the events uh, that have happened over the last, I don't know, five, six days now that started at least in, in a big public way with a story that was uh, unveiled in The Athletic uh, about abuse of women's soccer players by coaches. And this one focused in particular on the North Carolina Courage coach. And these were such damning uh, allegations that the last weekend's games, NWSL games, were were, were called off, yeah. and the commissioner uh, resigned, and the, the the league's lead counsel resigned. So a, a lot going on here. Yeah, no, it's a lot going on. I mean, you kind of summed it all up. You know, there's just so much to all of what ultimately is a obviously disgusting and massively disappointing chapter for what is a promising young league. You know, it's only been around since 2013. And, you know, it, it, it's not just Paul Riley, North Carolina coach and former Paul and Forms coach, but, you know, we've seen instances around the whole league of. You know, even toxic environments like House of Blueville, you've got general managers up in uh, Gotham with um, 
you know, violating league sexual harassment policy. It's almost been a just a, a whirlwind or a landslide of bad news after bad news for this league this season. And this kind of capped it all off. And hopefully it's the last one. But yeah, it's it's completely shook the league, as you said. All games were postponed this past weekend. There's no word on whether they'll be rescheduled yet. Um, but teams do continue playing Wednesday night. And, you know, these players, despite, you know, I'm sure that the disgust and the fear and whatnot they're feeling, they're stronger than most of us and they're out back playing Wednesday night. So, good on them, but it's, it's been a tough five, six days. It's only broke last Thursday. Right. I guess I was impressed um, by the way that the press conference started off with Vladko Andonovsky, of course, coach of the U.S. Women's National Team and former coach of KCFC, the Kansas City NWSL team. They won a couple championships but in 2014 and 15, and and uh, he's since gone on to become the, the the manager of the national team. Listen, he didn't even take a question before getting into the topic. He addressed it right off the top and didn't duck any questions. And I thought that was the right approach. And uh, and Hugh Williams the same way, right? When media uh, gathered around, Hugh Williams took every question. And I think this is the right approach for those who love the league and uh, are concerned about the league to speak up for the league and to condemn what's happened in a strong way. And that, that's what both of those coaches did on Tuesday. Yeah, no, it's six people in leadership positions who, you know, they say they love the league. I mean, he was being in this league pretty much since the start, obviously as general manager and assistant coach to Black Arandinovsky at FC Kansas City. He's now obviously head coach of KC and WSL and as you said, Black Co. When you're the US women's national team head coach, you're kind of the face of women's soccer in this program, right? Which is why it was important for Black Co to come out and, you know, tackle the, the elephant in the room, so to speak, head on, because absolutely it would be a terrible look, but him or Hugh could come out and say, hey, look, you know, we don't want to comment on this. It's, we're not involved, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it would have been a bad look, but hypothetically it could have, but no, they, they didn't shake away from responsibility and had very strong legs to say on, you know, where the league goes from here, condemning those who participated in uh, sexual harassment and coercion and whatnot. Now, fair, fair plays to both of them. I wrote about Hugh, my good friend, Varhe, who I'm sure everyone here is familiar with. He wrote a good piece about um, Blacko, and you wrote a small piece about Blacko as well, Blair. So, yeah, that's, that's all on KansasCity.com, of course. Not not just shamelessly plugging our work, but what they said was important, um, and it should be read. Yeah, also in the show notes as well. So uh, we'll hear from Vladko Andonovsky before we take a break. But b- before we do that, Sean, let's just talk about the team. Um, w- what's coming up for Casey NWSL and how much season is left for the women? Yeah, so they next play on Sunday. And they're against the Portland Forms at home here in Kansas City. They get a, a nice little run into the season. So they've got four games left, uh, maybe five if they reschedule the cancel game against LRA. But just let's just take the four games left. Uh, three of those are at Legends Field. You know, Portland Forms is tough. You've got the Red Stars on the road. And Gotham FC at all ring, both at home, certainly games that, you know, especially with how they've been recently for wise, you know, it's not blistering. 
but compared to how things were the first half of the season, we picked up wins at home, we're picking up ties. So, you know, we could also play off contention. Let's not sit here and, and pretend we can make a late push. But at the end of the day, you want to finish strong, right? I think a big part of what the club wants to do as well is I think even since last time we talked skiing out that we'll be moving to George's Mercy Park uh, next season uh, for their games. Great. So, you know, these are our last games at Legends Field. It's the first field they've played on as the new club and they want to give it a, a good send-off. She'll be, a, despite everything that's going on, she'll be a fun one for soccer until the final game on October 30th. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's fantastic that the women's team will play at Children's Mercy. And I know we, we talked to Peter about that a little bit yesterday and and, and asked, well, why didn't, why didn't it happen sooner? And one of the reasons is, you know, multiple teams have been using Children's Mercy Park, right? Yeah, and I, honestly, I think that's the first time I've really heard anyone from a club say that. I think a lot of people realized it, you know, whenever it was kind of, especially when KCMW herself first kind of became a team and they went out to play Legends Field. There were people online getting leads of, you know, why didn't they play at Children's Mercy Park, blah, blah, blah. Because no one had really said and the logical answer was, of course, obviously Sports and KC plays there and then Sports and KC2 plays there. And even very occasionally, the academy teams will play there. I've seen the U16s and U18s play there occasionally. And it's, at the end of the day, it sucks, but it, it's Sporting's field and they need to maintain it to a high enough level you know, for what they play on. Adding another team would tear up the field and then even on top of that, it's, a, um, it's just scheduling. But now... I believe SKC2 is moving permanently out to Swope, which then opens up space for KCMW Hotel to move in, which is great. And of course, me saying all of that, yes, they deserve to be on that field from, well, just a, a good field, a nice stadium. Of course, they deserve to be on there from season one. It just, it wasn't feasible. They had to make do. Now they finally get to move into a great one of the best soccer stadiums in the nation. So, great for them. I guess before we move on, Blair, because there's so much going on in these last months, if we chatted, obviously you've got the new training facility too. Right. Up in uh, North KC, 15 million, um, right on the riverfront. So, yeah, big, big moves from KC and WSL this offseason going forward. Absolutely. And um, and I, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if someday they have a stadium of their own. Oh, for sure. Somewhere in the metro area. So let's take a break. And as we go into break, you're going to hear from Vladko Andonovsky. This is what he had to say about the NWSL scandal that was first reported by The Athletic just a few days ago. Thank you, everyone, first for being here today. And uh, thank you, uh, Sporting Kansas City, for organizing this this event. In light with uh, everything that happened in women's soccer uh, recently, I want to take this opportunity to share my emotions and share my feelings. And all I want to say that uh, I'm saddened and disgusted by what happened and uh, by the news that came out uh, recently in the Athletic article. I feel like uh, I have utmost respect for, for the players. I have respect for their, uh, for their bravery to speak out and I applaud them for that. Now, we all have to take part in uh, making sure that all these players have an opportunity to play in environments, in safe environments, and play the, the game that they love. I know it's a it's hard time, but uh, it will take a little bit of time for healing, and we as a national team and the federation 
we'll respect that as well. So with that being said, once again, I thank you and I'll be more than happy to take any question in that regards and uh, in uh, regards to the game uh, that we're playing here in a couple of weeks. First one we'll go to Bahi Gregorian, Kansas City Star. Blanco, good to see you. And, and thanks for uh, addressing that right away. And I, I wonder um, I wonder what you would say about what you learned from that report. And, and, and you already started to address this, but what is it you feel you can do from your position to try to try to respond and, and uh, take advantage of your platform? Yes, uh, thank you for the question. And uh, like I said in the opening uh, regards that uh, I, I mean, I, I was just disgusted by the details that I, that I saw in the, the, in the report. It, it was uh, horrible to read through and uh, read some of the details. We all, first and foremost, uh, have to focus on making, uh, on, on creating safe environments, on creating, creating trust between us and the players. Because when that trust is, is broken, bad things happen. And we, uh, we learned that. And uh, we got to make sure that we create safe environments, regardless of the gender, regardless of, uh, of what level of uh, competition we're talking about. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, when the players come in, uh, come in to play the, the game that they love, the, the game that they're passionate about and, and enjoy, that they know that they don't have to look over the shoulder uh, or be afraid of anything. Next question, we'll go to Greg Eklund with local NPR affiliate KCUR. Hi, Vladko. Not only as the coach of the women's team, but as a father, how concerned are you about oversight on these conditions at every level, not just women's national team, NWSL, but even on levels leading up to that, since you have a daughter who plays in college. Yes, so when, uh, first personally, when I approach uh, coaching or the relationship uh, with the players, I see them uh, as I see my daughter. And uh, for, the, for the players that play, to, play for me, they know that uh, when uh, one of my philosophies, actually my philosophy of the field is creating, creating a family type environment. And uh, first and foremost, or first principle in that uh, creating family type environment is the trust. And that's why I said, okay, we have to build trust. We have to be able to, cre uh, to create a relationship where these players are going to trust us. And uh, we can't, uh, nobody should take advantage of that. It is uh, very concerning to, to see uh, to see all of it and to see, to see that there is an oversight. And uh, I'm just glad that uh, there is an investigation going on different levels from the from the uh, uh, league perspective, even in the internally in the club perspective, and uh, and uh, on the national uh, on the national team or in the federation with uh, with Sally Yates uh, coming in. I, uh, you know, Miss uh, Miss Yates. We know that she uh, she's going to do an incredible job, and nothing is going to get over uh, overseen, so the, uh, overlooked. So I know that it's a little bit too late, but at least we can stop it now and not allow anything like this to happen ever in any sport or any environment. Next question is to Ali Trost with Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hi, Blanco. Hi. I've talked with a lot of players who have played for you that I've just come across, and you know. So many of them have just cited just the great relationship that they have with you. And I'm sure that's not, those aren't unique cases. Did you ever get any sense that things like this were happening in the league? I, maybe not to the severity in which we learned in those reports from The Athletic, but was there ever any whispers or anything that you had heard prior to the reports that came out about these types of abuse and whatnot? Absolutely not. I mean, uh, it, uh, that's why I was saying it, it was horrible to read this and to know that 
these things were happening uh, around me and the players that I coached, or two players that uh, that I coached. Uh, it was tough to read, but uh, in the same time, the, the whole time as I was reading, I was thinking about the players because I'm sure it was a lot tougher for them. So I just want to support them uh, and uh, with uh, with their fight. And uh, all I can say is just encourage them to to lead the way as they started, uh, and uh, we're gonna follow. Vladka Blair Kirkhoff with the Kansas City Stars. Good to see you again. You certainly bring a unique perspective here as someone who knows the league, and now you, you knew it from through a team, but now you know it as your your position here. And I'm, I'm just wondering if you believe you know the events of the last few weeks can have an impact on the growth and the momentum of the NWSL. When, when something like this happens, it, it's not just going to go away like that. It will absolutely have an impact, and. Uh, I'm actually worried about the league that, that I love. I mean, I hold so much to this league. I, I came out of this league, but uh, I'm worried that uh, that events like this happen. We're talking about the last one, but there was a one before that, and there was one before that, and there is one before that. And uh, it is uh, unfortunate to uh, open up the open up the news, and instead of reading about good goals and nice uh, nice uh, nice plays and uh, young players' the development. We're reading about scandals. Uh, it is unfortunate, but uh, I think that at least for uh, the the immediate uh, the people that are in, uh, that are in charge are not there anymore. They were in charge because it, to me it looked like uh, what they were focused on was not what we feel like it's a priority, and that's the safety of the players. For them, the, the priority was bringing sponsors and bringing finances uh, to the to, to to the league, which uh, they felt. They failed in the most important thing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Back with Sean Goodwin, we're talking soccer. And Sean, uh, since we last spoke, um, Sporting Kansas City has just continued to play well. Yeah. they're, They're so much fun to watch. They're getting big seasons from their best players. I mean, it's like the, they're getting their Salvador Perez season, their Patrick Mahomes season, and they're getting it from, uh, from Daniel Salloway, of course. And, uh, and Johnny Russell really has come on strong here in the last few weeks. Uh, and he's in the news for other reasons as well. 
Yeah, uh, Johnny Russell, uh, new contract for him. Uh, basically, a new two-year contract through 2023 with an option for 2024 as well. So he's got that going for him. He recently played his 100th regular season game for the club. And of course, as we know by now, he's the team captain. So when you tie down the team captain and one of your best players, if not the best player, the most consistent player over the past three to four years, uh, great news for Sporting KC for sure. Seems like he he takes all the penalty kicks now, right? I mean, there's uh, it's just automatic that he's the guy. He he also he also incurs a lot of the penalties. It seems to me. Yeah, he's you know when you've got quick feet and you can muscle your way past opponents, a lot of time you know they take you down. Whether he stays on the penalties when Salah Pulido is back fully fit, we'll see. Honestly, he's been taking them, he's been scoring them. I don't see a reason why to change back to Pulido, especially considering Pulido has been out for so long. Approaching the playoffs, Pulido is playing 15 minutes and 30 minutes, and Pete is just slowly working back in. So, for Sports and KC fans, worries of how will Pulido be back for the playoffs because it, it was the same last year, wasn't it? Where it was Pulido's out, he's like, ah, oh, he's you know, he's just gone, no, he'll be back next game. We're not trying to rush him back, and then lo and behold, he never comes back, right? De- definitely fears about that, but. Um, after the most recent game for Sports in KC, that 4 2 win over Houston, you know, Alan played half an hour, and I assume he'll, he'll might play 45 minutes next game or 60 minutes. So he should be back by the playoffs as well. I'm getting to the point where, you know, w- when he's taking a penalty kick, he can tell the goalkeeper exactly where he's going to put it and put it there. You know, it, would, it wouldn't matter. I mean, that's how much power he has, and it's so left footed dominant. He's been in town for a while now, playing for sporting and will be for another couple of years. And he's had great stretches, right? But he seems to be in one of those, just one of those zones. Yeah. Goal every time he plays. Yeah, you know, he says it himself, um, you know, across his career, you know, occasionally he may go through the occasional stretch of not scoring, but once he gets a goal, he come in bunches. And that's what we're seeing right now. I don't have his specific stats online, but I believe now he's on 10 goals and eight or nine assists like he's getting real close to that 10-10 number that he's at every single season it feels he starts like a season I believe with 12 games without scoring a goal because he was coming back from injury a little bit you know he had a pre-season injury but he's the team captain and he's one of the best players on the team and you have to remember unless you're pulling in guys like Wilson Harris or Grayson Barber to uh, the young kids really Sporting only has four senior attacking players so he causing really a fork for Johnny to be out injured for the start of the season. So he, he kind of forced his way through it. He wasn't up to full speed. Um, but the second half of the season, basically since late June, early July, he's just been on fire. One of the best players in the league since that period. And if, if he put that kind of second half performance and did the same in the first half, I'm sure he'd be in the MVP conversation just like Daniel Shalami, which I'm sure we'll talk about sometime soon. So yeah, sporting certainly makes players are peaking at the right time, I feel. And of course, we can't have a show without talking about Shalami because he, he hasn't cooled off all season. It's really been an incredible year for him. Uh, we talked about Johnny Russell, a goal a game. It's been true with Shallowy, and it's been that way throughout the season for him. He just yeah. does, he just has not cooled off, and uh, you know he's he's had the international duty a couple of times already, right? I know, yeah. Will that continue? Um, how about when when the playoffs come around, the MLS playoffs come around? Will, will Sporting be able to keep all of their guys, uh, or will international duty interfere with some of that this year? 
He should be good. I Daddy King, of course, is is yeah. uh, been called up. So, for example, Hungary. So there might be. I haven't seen the playoff schedule exactly, um, but obviously, right now, you know, the players have left. But there's a uh, there's a break in the season. Um, the final, at least for the European local qualifiers, I think that usually lines up just as FIFA as a whole. Um, November 12th and November 15th, Hungary has games. So again, as long as Daniel keeps up his form, I'm sure he'll be called up for that as well. So I don't have the playoff schedule on hand, but that could certainly be an issue. And the same, you know, Gadi King doing Israel, they'll have the exact same schedule. Alan Pleaser in Mexico, they'll have the exact same schedule. This is an issue often. What it means is you've got players that are good enough to play for their national teams, and uh, which is a great thing, and it helps you certainly throughout the regular season. You just hope that can the schedules can fit in in uh, November. Yeah. So yeah, while we're here, it'll be safe. Um, final game of the regular season is November seventeenth. Um, as he said, it's going to be uh, November twelfth, November fifteenth, for you know whatever you know Israel might be eleven and fourteen. I don't know. And then the playoffs start November 20th. Great that MLS is scheduled around that. I would be surprised if MLS didn't schedule around because you can't head into the playoffs missing your best players, right? All safe, not going to have to worry about Sporting's best players leaving at the wrong time. Right. The, the chase for Seattle continues for Sporting Kansas City. And while they're chasing Seattle, they're trying to hold off Colorado. But... Uh, it, it's pretty apparent that Sporting Kansas City is going to be a top three, no worse than a top three team in the West. Seattle's played what, right as of now one fewer game and have two points up on Sporting in the in the Western Conference standing. But there are advantages to being the, to having the better seed, that's for sure. The, the the hope is the team is just playing well, you know, going into the into the postseason, and it kind of doesn't matter uh, where you're playing and who you're facing, that uh, you're, you're you're ready to go. It would be nice for them to to repeat, right? They won the West last year, and to to repeat that. And what's really kind of fun about this sporting Kansas City season, we talked about it months ago, is how this season was not projected for. Peter Vermees' team. Nobody had sporting as high as they are right now in the standing. They're surprising people, but uh, it's it, they, they've been consistently good all season long, and that bodes well for them heading into the final weeks of the regular season and going into the postseason. Yeah, I know. It, it absolutely surprises me why, you know, the start of the season that people didn't have sporting higher. I mean, I remember way back at the start of the season, you know, people were asking me and whether it was, you know, in print, media, wherever it was, you know, why sporting around so low. And it, I always figured it'd be Seattle sporting and a little bit shamelessly, I figured LAFC would be up there. And <laughs> LAFC is not up there. But I got two of the three. I mean, it's a piece of a Mies team, right? There was the one blip in 2019. Now, Xardiakis is a team that finishes at the very least top four, top five. And that's at the very least, plenty of times it's top one, top two. And here we are again, yeah, like you said, where Seattle's two points up um, with a game in hand. But Sporting does travel to Seattle in a couple of weeks as well, of course, on October 23rd. So we have this break. Sporting plays at Vancouver, which will be a really tough game. This is the best the Caps have been playing in uh, many years. Um, yeah, and you play Seattle. So, you know, at that point... The teams, they've got a goal differential. Of two, it's two different. Seattle's two better. 
if Seattle ties one game and Sporting manages to win out, you know, it, it's still the fate isn't in Sporting's hands, so to speak. And winning out is such a tough ask as well, of course, because six yeah. games left and one of them is at Seattle. But it's certainly doable. And of course, Colorado is sneaking up right behind as well. I really like Colorado. They're a great team. They have four points behind Sporting, but with a game in hand. Jagat seems to be the top three, minus an implosion for one of those teams later on. So yeah, it's a really exciting end to the season. Honestly, it was it was kind of similar last year. But I was COVID and it was playing paid game. It, it was kind of funky. But this year, you know, everyone's playing the same. It was a great, a great battle down there, right to the end for the Western Conference at least. The Eastern Conference and you win one's a bit boring. So we don't have to worry about those guys. All right, sounds good. Sean, it was great catching up with you. It's been too long. And we will do it again sooner rather than later. So, listen, get some liniment, uh, get a massage, get those muscles all uh, worked out. We'll talk to you again soon. Yes, uh, thank you, Bill. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking soccer. You can read about KCNWSL and Sporting Kansas City in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Okay, you know about the morning sports edition, right? You don't? Well, let me tell you about it. On KansasCity.com, go to the Star Z edition. There's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. And well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the e-edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. Click on that and you can access anywhere from 15 to 25 pages of sports every single day. Look, maybe you get a link in the email. That's how I get it. And it's there by like 6.30 every morning. However you get it, it's access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic. All right, end of the commercial. Thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City. And we couldn't produce programs like Sportsbeat KC without you. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode.